The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, pardon me. Wow. How do you like that, Ash? I'm a professional. <laughs> I love that. I'm a professional and I lose it right out of the gate. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to State of the Nation. <laughs> pardon me, frog in the old throat there. Uh, I'm Steve Hook, and I'm, I'm broadcasting live from the Jersey Shore. And uh, here's uh, Brian Hesher McLean from Central Texas. It's good to see you. Happy Friday to you, brother. Yes, yes. Happy Friday. And uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it in public, Steve, but it's too late now. Happy birthday, my friend. It's great to be oh. with you on this fine uh, December 1st. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And folks, let me tell you something. This is the weirdest damn thing. We all discovered this just the other day. Today is my birthday. Tomorrow, Hesher, it's your birthday. Yep. And the following day, on Sunday, it's our intrepid uh, producers and just Wonder Woman, Kimberly's birthday. So one, two, three, back to back to back. Uh, but I'm glad to lead things off here, and it's it's good to be with you, brother. Yeah, Big day absolutely. today on the show, man. Big day on the show. Yeah. Big day. Uh, Big day. Um, Very uh, excited. Yeah, really, me too. We've got some great guests today. Uh, well, it's official. George Santos... Uh, not at all shocking end to George Santos' political career happened today. He's been found guilty of absolutely nothing, at least not yet. But he's an obvious embarrassment, not only to the House, but to his own constituents. And basically anyone that's ever hung around the guy for a while is like, ick. So he's gone. Uh, sixth uh, time this has happened in history. Uh, a few of those times it was it was Confederate House members <laughs> that were basically booted for treason, uh, which is a damn sight more than what george santos did but george santos man it's like uh the uh the old story of walter mitty just kind of made stuff up on the fly he said he was jewish and then he said no no no, not jewish but jew ish <laughs> <laughs> like there's a hyphen in there you missed it's really important it's very distinguishing <laughs> yeah i'm not jewish but i'm jew I, i'm i'm ish i'm ish on the jew thing like like uh, Jew esque. Does, does he mean Jew esque? Maybe he should have said I'm I'm Jew esque. <laughs> uh, yeah, perhaps. But um, somehow um, I I still get the sense that that's appropriation somehow, some way. Uh, but yeah, no shock. Were Were you shocked at this, Hesher? That that he got uh, announced? No, no. I I mean, I find myself almost feeling sorry for the guy because I mean, really, if this is about like morality and lying and and using campaign funds, you know, in inappropriate ways and being a bit of a dunce uh, in front of cameras and in public and on social media, uh, shouldn't they all go? Shouldn't most of them go? 85, 90 percent of them go under the same sort of stipulations. But of course, you know, he he was uh Kind of a bull in a china shop uh, coming in as a freshman. So, yeah, not surprised to see this at all, Steve. Yeah, well, he, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it was a source, it was an open wound source for his constituents. They were embarrassed that they got duped by him. And I, to a larger extent, it kind of goes to where we are as a, as a civil society here. If we're not even willing to vet our own candidates. Now, mind you, this guy did BS his way right into the office. Uh, and you're right. I mean, he didn't, commit the biggest atrocities and if you're gonna and if you're going to hold uh george santos to this standard uh better be careful because there's a lot of morons in the office uh that, that are still clinging to power uh and they're not quite as inventive <laughs> as george santos was he reminds me <laughs> of that that uh what's his name the abignall did you ever see the movie uh, catch me if you can yeah with yeah. frank abignall and you know, he conned his way into being a doctor conned his way into being a lawyer conned his way into <laughs> Into, into being a flight attendant, not a flight attendant, an actual pilot. Uh, yeah, but, just... but, but Steve, these these are the times for such activities. I mean, we, we live in the times of where, you know, a, a man can just uh, decide to be a woman any day he wants or, you know, whatever. So you would think he'd fit right in over there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's no wonder that uh, he sort of duped his constituents there. Sorry that that happened to you guys, but... Uh, I mean, with with the cl absolute clown show that was going along with a lot of these races uh, for both Senate and the House, I mean, Fetterman, I mean, my goodness, we had so many open goals to sit there and kick towards Fetterman. It was kind of like, and we tracked Santos. We warned everybody, hey, this guy's a fibber. He's liar, liar, pants on fire at the very least. You know, he's been caught doing that a number of times. And now it turns out there's 
money problems too. Go figure. Yeah, well, you know, what, what I think what you're trying to allude to here is he identified as as a congressman. So therefore, who are we? <laughs> yes. To, who are we to question it? <laughs> uh, in other news, real quick, before we have to jump over to uh, Ruckus, but I just wanted to mention this because it's worth mentioning: a federal appeals court uh, in D.C. No shocker here ruled that former President Donald Trump is not immune from being held accountable for civil lawsuits uh, concerning the January 6th Capitol riot uh, that went down in 2021. So now, by the way, just to let everybody know, the D.C. uh, appeals court is littered with hard leftists. This is a uh, well, I can't even it's a city. I get D.C. is 92 percent voted against Trump. This guy that made this ruling, by the way, is a uh, is a is an Obama appointee. No shocker there, uh, and it's got a lot of lots and lots of uh, Obama appointees on that court, as well as Biden appointees. A couple of Trump, but nowhere near as many. So there you go. They're not trying to just destroy the man politically. It looks like they're trying to actually destroy him financially. It's going to be weird to see how this one plays out. Right. And you're going to have these like uh, you know DOJ style, like Obama style. Um, basically, you know, legal political ambulance chasers coming after people now saying, hey, would you like to sue Donald Trump? You know, did, were you offended by what Donald Trump said that made those feds cause an ins- oh, fake exactly. insurrection? <laughs> would you like a yeah. free lawyer? Yeah. Has, has anybody in your family suffered mentally or emotionally? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, you can just see it. It's going to be right up there with the Fort Bragg lawsuits yes. and everything else. And the trial lawyers, of course. We know where their uh, political bread is buttered. Hey, don't miss out on a thing. Make sure you download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or, of course, Google Play. And you can easily listen to us live anywhere, anytime, always. It's available right now to download as we keep you up to speed on TNT radio. The facts, no spin or agenda. Not enough with the lies. We need the facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, it wouldn't be a complete day without bringing uh, ruckus into the mix here. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, that would be the EPA to you and I, has proposed a uh, a rule to replace all lead pipes in water systems across the United States due to concerns about severe harm posed by lead contamination. What? Are you saying it's poisonous? Here with the story, TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus, Ruckus, I would have thought this would have been done a long time ago. I mean, good God, we can go back to the ancient Romans and see that lead pipes are dangerous. Uh, what's the story here? Right. Like, get out of my head with that one, Steve. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, well, what is this better late than never? What What the heck are we what are we doing here? Is this a reminder that they really don't care about the little people at all? Because they could have done this a long time ago. Uh, it's not like, oh, we just discovered this is an issue. We better get right on that, right? <laughs> like, Come on now. We, we pushed forward the world's deadliest vaccine known to man in like lickety split with warp speed. Uh, but, you know, we can lay down, get ready for 5G, 6G overnight and all that stuff. But, you know, we're going to take it now. We're, we're going to look for another 10 years, which is on top of 10 years from one of the more well-known tragedies in America involving this. That would be Flint, Michigan. So, it, like, this is crazy. But at least, I guess, better late than never. So the EPA does intend to modify the 1991 lead and copper rule to achieve a, quote, 100 percent lead pipe replacement within 10 years, end quote. That's what the agency said in its announcement, quote, when lead service lines are present, they represent the greatest source of lead exposure in drinking water, end quote. Duh. The proposed modifications would affect the, quote, vast majority of water systems, end quote. The rule would require locating legacy lead pipes so that they can be replaced, quote, efficiently and equitably, end quote. Water systems will have to improve tap sampling efforts. At present, if a water system's sampling finds 15 micrograms of lead per liter of water, authorities must inform the public and replace all the lead pipes. The new proposal reduces this threshold to 10 micrograms. The rules would also strengthen protections to reduce people's exposure to lead by requiring water systems to perform more outreach to customers and make lead reduction filters available to them. The EPA said in a press release just yesterday, November 30th, quote, the science is clear. 
There is no safe level of lead exposure in children and can severely harm mental and physical development, slowing down learning and damaging the brain. In adults, lead can cause increased blood pressure, heart disease, decreased kidney function and cancer. Today's proposed action significantly advances President Biden's commitment to remove every lead service line in America to protect children and vulnerable populations from the negative impacts of lead in drinking water, particularly those living in disadvantages, disadvantaged communities, end quote. The EPA insists the target of 100% lead replacement within 10 years is achievable, pointing out that cities like Newark, New Jersey, Benton Harbor, Michigan, and Green Bay, Wisconsin replaced their lead service lines in less than 10 years. Moreover, Detroit, St. Paul, Minnesota, and Wheaton, Illinois also have committed to a 10-year replacement deadline. Funding for the proposed rule, here's the money line, would come from the bipartisan infrastructure law that set aside $15 billion for lead service line replacement and $11.7 billion in general drinking water state revolving funds. To date, the EPA has granted more than $3.5 billion in funding for lead pipe replacement across the United States. Uh, and this effort will involve more than 10 federal agencies because, yeah, I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere, right? But uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> I know they should probably... Maybe they should replace them with asbestos pipes. Maybe that would be wise. I I, I think that it's uh, the fact they say it's uh, it's going to be done equitably. It's like, oh, good God, even this, you're going to insert some kind of identity politics into it. That lead pipes, I mean, how, how long has lead paint been outlawed or even leaded gasoline? Uh, but yet our drinking water is going through lead pipes? Seems a little bit, uh, little bit insane. Hash, what do you think, man? I think these policymakers are the ones we used to joke about that have been eating paint chips the whole time they were growing up. What are these people thinking? Like, first off, um, oh, all this for, for little old us? Oh, thanks. Uh, we plebs really appreciate you watching out for our water. We take it very seriously considering there's Prozac in all the water and all this pharmaceutical runoff in all the water. Um, and the fluoride that you put in there, the, the so-called fluoride for our health that you put in there is actually industrial waste runoff. Uh, it, it sounds like another self-licking ice cream cone here of big government serving big government. Why, why are these not, um, why not give incentives to states and, and municipal water, um, you know, uh, agencies to improve these things? Why not give tax cuts to them that they can then pass along to local contractors so that communities can make sure their own water is safe? I don't trust the frickin' government to pay 10 agencies $20 billion or more. Have you seen our water pipes? They put cameras in the water pipes. They're full of turds and rocks and metal and and pills and condoms and all this disgusting stuff i won't drink municipal water anywhere i go i don't even drink water at a restaurant when they hand it to me so yeah this this is epa totally useless i i this is they're just setting up 10 government agencies to get 20 billion dollars and then they'll probably do absolutely nothing with it how much you want to bet this is going to be married to some sort of covidian pcr testing people in in spacesuits you know testing our crap testing our water and then telling us we have some kind of pandemic coming no thanks no thanks i'm just going to give a no thanks to the epa on this stay out of our business government should give incentives for municipalities to make sure that this is done properly rather than say well, we're just going to take your tax money and give it to these 10 government agencies so we can mark you down as a cynic i think it's safe to say Yes, <laughs> you're going to get 10 brand new agencies that are going to put together <laughs> subcommittees and and and, and you know, some kind of oh, we got to do some testing and we're going to confirm our tests and we're going to have a uh, we're going to have a hearing on this and we're going to have su super secret hearings on this. And yep. uh, we're going to hire some outside NGOs to get involved in this. And don't worry, your money is safe. Your water, maybe not. Yeah, right. Wonderful story. I, I mean, <laughs> Ruckus, this is. Uh, I just find this completely ridiculous. Uh, the EPA needs to pack sand. I mean, I appreciate the sentiment, but I just don't believe them.
How much you want to bet, gentlemen, that the uh, one of the here's a couple my proposed because it doesn't list the 10 federal agencies that will be involved uh, here. But I'm guessing based on the story, one of them will be a diversity, equity, inclusion officer of some sort, committee, department. Uh, and how much you want to bet that the CDC is going to be there trying to test like, the, like, oh, look, we found COVID in the water lines or some baloney. Who the heck knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is funny. It's it, we, we are getting closer and closer. Uh, to actually straight up Marxism, where, you know, like like back in the old USSR days, every naval vessel, every uh, major uh, uh, military site had a, uh, a commandant, basically just of Marxism to make sure that you were staying in line and lockstep with the program and questioning whether you're really a, 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 a true party member or not. We're getting closer and closer to that in this country. And it's pretty scary. I would like to think that uh, Hesher's idea would be taken on as far as just saying, look, here's your here's your here's where we're going to spend the money. We're going to incentivize you with massive tax breaks uh, and other perhaps some perhaps some funding, some grants. Uh, but you need to get your state municipal water supply agencies together and 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 do a little brainstorming session, see how we can save the pipes uh, and, and and save some money while we're at it and restore faith in the government. Not likely to happen anytime uh, soon. Yeah, don't worry about us. Why don't you go fix Flint, Michigan? Why don't you go fix Lahaina? Why don't you go fix East Palestine, Ohio? You know, go address those places that have been toxified and poisoned and the property values have all been completely depleted. Quit sending money to Ukraine and doing all this other stupid stuff. You got all these billions of dollars. Go help the people that need it first, and then we can talk about fixing the pipes. Thanks, Ruckus. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive, and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all, they just let it on the market all the time sugar 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 and then that's not even to bring in like msg monosodium glutamate and and i if i i can say you know you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food there's nothing to eat in there i very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places and if you go into the supermarket there's only the first two aisles that have got real food the rest it, it's not food and i see what people buy I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying and it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40. California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. 
They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. It sounds pretty good. It's it sounds like, real. It's not bad, huh? This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. David Grasso uh, is the CEO of Bold TV. He's also been a strong advocate for renewable energy, while at the same time being kind of common sense about it and recognizing that fossil fuels are still the dominant power source on the planet. They will be for some time, of course. But there's no doubt an obvious push towards renewables and, of course, the mythical net zero standards. Uh, we wanted to speak to David, though, about the future of global energy and the impact that Tesla and Elon Musk specifically has on this race uh, towards carbon neutrality. Uh, welcome to State of the Nation, David Grasso, sir. How are you today? Always a pleasure to be here with you folks to talk about the issues. Yeah, hey, yeah. We're again. Glad to have you, man, for sure. Um, listen, let's dive right in with Tesla because... Tesla finally revealed their Cybertruck, and it's it it looks like an urban assault vehicle. I mean, it looks like <laughs> we, we were we were joking off air that this is a this is a, a truck that you could feel perfectly safe in going to get a cup of coffee because it will repel bullets and, and even arrows. So, uh, <laughs> but it's been revealed now. The problem is Tesla's kind of taking it on the chin in the market. It's lost some of its share in large part, probably due to the fact that it. Uh, that it comes in way more expensive than than we thought it was going to be. Initially, uh, Elon Musk was throwing around the fifty thousand dollar figure thereabouts. I think the base 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 model is fifty grand, but a little over probably. But really, the mid range and the upper range are closer to a hundred thousand dollars per vehicle, and even at that price, they're going to be taking it on the chin as far as any profitability. What's your, what's your thought about Tesla and EVs going going forward here? So I rent a lot of cars and I do rent Teslas and I've rented one for more than a week. And the problem with Teslas fundamentally, there's a few problems with the company that we need to talk about beyond Elon Musk's, you know, public meltdowns, which whether you agree with him politically or not, that's not good for business. But the bottom line is the Teslas haven't redesigned their body style since they came out. And if you've driven one around, the technology is great, but a Kia has a better drive than a Tesla. You really have to get up into an S model to really have a good car that you feel good in. The one you see everywhere kind of doesn't have a great ride. The materials are cheap and the styling is lacking. And most of the time, cars are redesigned every four to seven years. Four years for cars, seven years for trucks. And what we're seeing is that Elon is so spread thin between, you know, Twitter, SpaceX, the boring company, Neuralink, Starlink and God knows anything else that I'm forgetting, is that he's kind of neglecting the basic stuff at Tesla. And what's happened is originally, Tesla was the clear leader in electric cars, but now everyone else is catching up, including BMW, Toyota with their hybrids, which is a very compelling model because it gives you both, um, and many other companies as well. So I don't know about Tesla's future and maintaining the dominance that they currently have considering their CEO has a lot of personal problems and just their general products, including the Cybertruck, which already is having issues because it's made out of stainless steel and that is very expensive to bend and it has cosmetic errors. And just the way it looks, like you said, an, an urban assault vehicle, I don't know if Tesla's future is very bright. Yeah, hmm. I'm starting to wonder too. It's funny that you bring that up to the redesign aspect because uh, when I was living in California, I actually knew someone whose brother had worked on uh, innovating the the way that the uh, door handles work, which is very innovative. Nothing had been done like that before. And I'm not saying that particular piece needs an innovation right now, but as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how long ago that was. And that was like 10 years ago, pretty much. And I'm looking at the shape of this, this car that I'm looking at, and it's like, this hasn't changed at all. In fact, it seems 
uh, like you said, if you don't get the S models, uh, they just seem kind of like an outdated Hyundai or Kia. And now Hyundai and Kia, all they have very bad reputations because of all the you know fires and the you know, <laughs> engine failures and the the theft that you know that that went rampant because of um, TikTok. But they've since solved all those problems. Their new models do not sit on the lot. There's not if you want a Hyundai or a Kia right now. They're actually you can't haggle much because they don't have a giant stock of them uh, because they're actually turning out really nice. The designs are modern right now, and as you said, there's a number of hybrids. There's a resurgence of hybrids, um, and we'll ask you. Um, I'll get your your take on this um, data point after the headline here. But yesterday we spoke with Mike Netter um, from RebuildCalifornia.com, and he was pointing out there's some research showing right now that um, for some of these electric cars. Uh, you're going to be basically paying the equivalent of like $17 a gallon in gas at some point here because the prices, especially particularly in California, he was referring to California because the energy prices are going up. So I'm wondering if you think that's going to affect the entire industry. Also, I'll get your take on that right after this headline here with today's News Talk TNT Radio. News doesn't stop breaking and we don't take a break from covering it. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israel this morning relaunched its defensive on Hamas, firing a barrage of missiles and sending warplanes over Gaza as a week-long ceasefire expired. President Emmanuel Macron announced Sunday that his government will introduce legislation this week to enshrine the freedom to have an abortion into the French Constitution. Legislation that would give courts the power to take away dual citizenship from Australians has passed the House of Representatives and entered the Senate on November 30th for heated debate. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNT Radio. Live. Please be sure and check out our guest at Bold TV. David Grasso is with us. David, what do you think about that? Is there going to be, I was kind of thinking a few months back, where the hybrids all go? Are they just not in vogue anymore? But what I said before the headline there makes me wonder if hybrids might make a big comeback. What do you think about that? So this is a big debate and the Toyota family, which still runs Toyota. My favorite headline about the CEO of Toyota is that he was caught running away from a press conference in an Audi. That was my favorite headline of all time, in case you're wondering. But Toyota believes that the future is hybrid. We talk a lot about, when I'm on this show, about aspirational energy policy. We all, in theory, would like a, a you know lower emissions, et cetera. But a lot of us aren't willing to make that leap to electric for obvious reasons, right? One of those being the economics. For some cars, it definitely works. There are incentives in California specifically and from the federal government that bring the cost of a Tesla 3 below the cost of a Toyota Camry. But if you have a Toyota Camry hybrid, that might even be a better economic possibility for you. And at Toyota, despite the fact that they've been lampooned for their stance that hybrid is the future, They've gone all in, and it seems as if hybrid is going to be the most affordable, legitimate bridge technology until we get a much better and much more robust charging infrastructure here in this country. Yeah, I think that's. I think I think a, a bridge uh, vehicle is a great way to put it, and, and I think that's what's got so many people frustrated. Yes, of course, we'd all love to see. A car that just, uh, you know, spewed out water vapor, or maybe perfumed water vapor. So everything smells <laughs> great. The, the, the planet is happy. But it seems to be this mad, this mad rush that it must be done now, right now, right now. By God, we're trying to save the planet. Get with it, you plebs. But the problem with that, I think, at least and this is where the cynicism in me comes in. I just watched what the U.S. government did regarding COVID. I just watched complete known lies spill out to us. And people are not buying these electric vehicles for many of the reasons that you've kind of alluded to. For one, you can't get very far on them. For two, if you're driving across country in one, you better stop every 325 miles and be able to sit there 
for 30 to 45 minutes to an hour and a half for your damn car to charge up. They're impractical at this point, and a hybrid gets around all that. I think Toyota might be making a pretty wise business decision here. The question is, is the government, especially governments like California, state governments, and some of these other radically hard blue states, are they going to allow this bridge vehicle, as you refer to it, uh, are they going to give it any air, any oxygen, allow it to, to thrive? They do. If you look at, I was looking at the tax incentives here in, it depends by the county, but here, if you're under a certain income limit, they do have a subsidy for hybrids as well. And here, you know, we have the express lanes in California. If you have a hybrid, you get a special sticker that you're allowed in carpooling. So the answer is yes. But of course, the state and these blue states are much more excited about battery technology, which are admittedly getting better. We're moving toward more of a 20 to 30 minute you know, fill up instead of a 45 minute. But bottom line, in many parts of the country, and I read this great story one time about a reporter trying to get from Houston to Austin in an electric car, and just what a horrific nightmare that was. The bottom line is, in many parts of the country, we simply don't have the infrastructure yet. And a hybrid is a much more appropriate vehicle. In places like San Francisco and Los Angeles, there's a charger everywhere. There's a charger in my building, there's a charger at my office, there's a charger at the gym, but that is not the case ever. And we have to recognize that reality. Yeah. And and going back to Elon, you know, he's got a new uh, factory out here just south of me in Texas uh, over by the Austin airport. It's massive. It is huge. It's absolutely huge. I believe they're going to be making Teslas there. He's got more than one SpaceX location here. Um, as you pointed out, you know, he's... Uh, uh, somewhat unpredictable as far as a public figure. I mean, uh, what do you think about he's even, you know, after that meltdown about Bob Iger and, um, you know, the uh, Disney advertising and all that. I mean, he sounds like he really is just like, hey, if you want to if you want to destroy Twitter, that's fine. Go ahead and do it, you know. But what do you think about like uh, his shifting so much stuff to Texas and how that affects California with, you know, all this I don't want to say I can't really say instability around him. He's the richest guy on the planet, but you see my get my drift. Well, he tried to move everything to Austin and that failed fundamentally because a lot of the top support staff is just here in California. Texas is not quite there in terms of the knowledge economy. While Texas has some of the fastest growing rates, right, as does Florida economically, it just simply isn't there. The per capita incomes here are 50% higher. We have a much longer history of having that type of manufacturing and moving everything to Texas was probably ill advice. Now, of course, moving some things to Texas is, is, is of course, common sense. It's a pro-business state, has a huge population, great place to do business. So I think Elon went all in. And I think that's emblematic of the problem with Elon. Listen, if Elon has those political opinions, quite frankly, I don't care. I'll still buy his cars. Whether I'm pro or against is irrelevant. But business is predicated on stability. You can't just come out half cocked and tell people to go F themselves, including the CEO of Disney at, at a forum sponsored by the New York Times. Maybe you might feel that way, but as in a previous interview, the CNBC interview told him, listen, I don't care if you feel this way, but don't tell me on camera, tell me off camera. You're the richest guy in the world. You're a CEO. You know." You're already active on Twitter throwing bombs. Like, shut up. And I think that his social deficits are becoming very noticeable. And if I were an investor, I'd be very worried. All politics aside, business is business and politics is politics. Yeah, he clearly well, let, leans let, into that. I have FU money, don't you think, Steve? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he certainly. I, I was just about to say that. I think that's where it is with Elon. I think he's like, look, um, yeah, if I want to say it, I'm going to say it because I could buy and sell you uh, 10 times over and not even really miss it. Now, obviously, that's I'm not talking about buying all of Disney, although <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against it if he chose to do that. But <laughs> Elon, Elon does uh, fly off the handles at times. Uh, I'll, and, th and that whole forum for The New York Times was was hysterical because he didn't just tell Bob Iger to go F himself. He basically <laughs> yeah, told he, he basically told every single uh, advertiser that had pulled uh, pulled out. And I would just say this, I, I, if I'm going to play devil's advocate on this, I would say Elon Musk, love him or hate him. He there's no question from a conservative's point of view, from my per, uh, perspective, what is happening on Twitter now or X now is considerably more free speech aligned than what was happening before. I, I had my entire account blanked out, just wiped clean. 
We know that the FBI, we know that DOJ was involved with them. We know that uh, there were a lot of people telling Twitter what to do, and they can say they weren't, but they were. Schellenberger just came out yesterday with some more damning facts about how the U.S. government is involved in the censorship industrial complex. And Elon, I think, is basically baiting these guys, saying, okay, you want to be the guys that kill free speech? Go F yourself. Destroy X, and let's see who has the last laugh. Do you think that could be his... I mean, it may be, it may not be a wise decision, but as Hesher points out, he's got the FU money. I guess to a certain extent, but you have to understand Elon's ultimate goal was to create a multi-planetary species, right? And if he is going to take on this censorship industrial complex, as you describe it, the government literally invented the concept of money. They have unlimited resources to fight. So I would definitely stick to a goal. And that seems to be a big problem with Elon. He came out with the boring company and said, I'm going to build tunnels under L.A. That never happened. And I feel like he has a little bit of mission ADD and he can't just stick to it. Listen, there are a lot of people documenting the problems with censorship, the issues with that, using public money for that. And God bless them. But they are going to die on that battlefield and they will make this the name for themselves on that battlefield. Pick yeah. your battlefield. As we know, with war, you can't fight a five-front war. It just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. David Grasso, thank you so much. Again, CEO over at Bold TV. Check him out at Bold TV. David, we'll have you back on again. Always appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us here at State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. It's for the greater good. Have you noticed how often you've heard that expression? Mostly every time someone's advocating taking your rights away? The greater good. It connotes the old phrase, the common good, right? We're doing this for the common good. And we're gonna, yes, we're taking some of your income, but we're doing it for the common good. Well, that's shifted now to the greater good. Greater for whom? Never seems to be greater for me, but for you, it always seems to be greater for them. And who gets to decide for whom it's greater? Why? Well, they do, of course. Be silly to allow you and me to be able to determine what's in the greater good and for whom. This is the insidious underbelly of the totalitarian governmental impulse. And it's not just here in the United States, it's in Ireland, it's in the EU, it's in Australia and New Zealand. China, they don't even have to bother about it. They do what they're told. That's the entire essence of a totalitarian regime. But what's scary is how many democratic regimes want to emulate the totalitarian regimes. For the greater good, I'll take a hard pass. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Everyone deserves to live a full life. And with your help, together we can end hunger. Join the movement at feedingamerica.org slash act now. Critically analyzing national affairs. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A New York gag appeals, a New York appeals court on Thursday reinstated a gag order against President Trump in Letitia James's Soviet-style civil fraud case. Earlier this month, a New York appeals judge temporarily lifted New York Judge Arthur Engeron's a gag order on Trump and New York Attorney General Letitia James is seeking 250 million in damages in her lawfare case against President Trump. Joining us now to discuss is the host of the Stone Zone, Roger Stone. Welcome back to State of the Nation. So the clowns continue to march and the lawfare circus ringleaders are back at it. What are your thoughts on the reinstatement of the gag order on Donald Trump in this case, sir? I'm not even uh, remotely surprised. Uh, look, I think that the we have a broken system. We have a weaponized uh, judicial system, both in civil and criminal matters, uh, particularly in certain jurisdictions. Uh, and I think uh, in this case, we have a, 
a trial in which the judge already before the trial decided Trump was guilty. Uh, and this part of the trial is just to assess how much uh, in damages or uh, what penalties he has to uh, uh, suffer. Uh, uh, that doesn't mean that if it were a jury trial, it would be any better, frankly, in Manhattan. Uh, so none of this surprised me, having been through this particular meat grinder myself in D.C., every single uh, pretrial ruling in my trial was unconstitutional, and obviously so. But the rules, the evidence, the Constitution, the law, uh, these things really don't matter when the prosecution is politically motivated. And that's certainly the case here. Uh, it's interesting that the judge reinstated the gag rule right after an executive for Deutsche Bank came forward and said there was nothing unusual about the massive loan that they had made to Donald Trump and that he had paid it back uh, in full and the bank made a lot of money uh, and that they satisfied themselves regarding the value of his assets against which the loan was made. Uh, I saw the same thing when the FBI in my trial was forced to admit in discovery that they never inspected the computer uh, uh, terminals at the Democratic National Committee, the computer server, uh, while I was gagged shortly thereafter. So uh, I think you can expect this uh, same treatment in uh, in uh, uh, in Fulton County, Atlanta, uh, in D.C. The only place I think you might have a fair minded judge. Uh, is in South Florida. And of course, uh, you know, all the usual suspects who are hyper uh, hysterical Trump critics are going crazy about the fact that uh, in Florida, Trump actually got an honest judge, a by the book judge, not a leftist judge who's interested in destroying Donald Trump. Yeah, Roger, hey, thanks for joining us today. Um, you mentioned, and I, and I couldn't help but notice, you mentioned in certain jurisdictions, well, the three you just mentioned are pretty, pretty anti-Trump. Uh, I'm reading from um, from John Solomon's uh, Just the News today. Um, he reports that a federal appeals court in Washington, D.C. said that Trump is no longer immune from civil lawsuits uh, pertaining to January 6th. But the funny thing is, is there's not even a criminal charge against him as far as inciting the riot or anything. That was never even really brought up. But they're going after him. They're trying to destroy him not only politically, but it, but seemingly financially, just to do anything they can to just take him out. Um, I, I think that most Americans see through this, except for the people that really suffer TDS, which unfortunately is a good chunk of the media, not to mention these jurisdictions. I mean, Trump, uh, I think uh, Biden got 92% of the vote in Washington, D.C. Uh, he's never well, going mean, to get a fair shake there. Here's the fundamental question. And we we don't, I think we know the answer, but we don't know it definitively. Uh, in the January 6th case or in the uh, the fraudulent election case, will Trump, in his defense, be allowed to prove, A, that he won the election and therefore he couldn't be lying about it, and two, that January 6th was a government-sponsored uh, Fed surrection, as my friend Darren Beatty uh, over at Revolver News likes to say. Will he be permitted to offer the evidence, overwhelming evidence, of both of those things in his defense? My guess is no, uh, but every day that goes by, whether the question is uh, the integrity of the last election uh, or what really happened on January 6th, there are shocking new revelations that undermine the fake news, Democrat, cabal uh, news media narrative. And by the time these matters get to trial, there will be so, so overwhelming evidence that the underlying premise of both the civil cases and the criminal cases are false. Uh, will Trump be allowed to use those as a venue to prove his point? Uh, for example, if you watch this great interview uh, between Bill Maher, who is just a pompous ass, uh, and uh, Oliver Stone, and I've been on with Bill many times. Bill accused me of being a Russian spy, a traitor to my country. Then he admitted there was no Russian collusion, but he won't have me back on to clear my name. I guess it's about ratings. In any event, uh, Oliver Stone, certainly no one's idea of a right winger, just says, look, I'm not convinced about the 2020 election. Uh, and what does Bill Maher say? 60 courts rejected that claim. No, 60 courts did not. 60 courts declined to hear that case on the basis of standing. That is not a, a trial on the evidence. That is no weighing of the evidence or the merits of the argument. That is a refusal to hear the case. So 
Is it possible that Donald Trump's trial or one of his trials may be the first opportunity in a in a legal forum where Trump can prove what I think he believes, which is uh, the election was stolen from him. It was rigged on the basis of fraud. I think he should have the opportunity if he believes that. And I believe he does. He should uh, have the opportunity to put up the evidence uh, on which he bases that opinion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're talking about uh, very potentially exculpatory evidence on both any sort of further J6 charging and as well as uh, the election fraud charges. I mean, the new things coming out of Fulton County, Georgia are, you know, we've suspected them. We knew all there were all kind of problems there. And now we're seeing an absolute sandbagging and cover up potentially going on there. Voter, G We had Garland Favrito from Voter GA on yesterday and and discuss this with him i mean i'm sure you're familiar with his work and that website and everything they've come up with i mean uh, how can this not be brought into discovery it's the new j6 tapes too my goodness i mean there's so much to be looked at here can can the courts and the lawfare peddlers stop this stuff from coming into discovery and and be, be becoming exculpatory maybe even for people that are in jail over j6 uh, look, uh, you, you ask a very rational and reasonable question, but uh, in all honesty, based on my own experience, uh, uh, these people in the deep state, uh, in the uniparty, uh, the the folks who are propping up the status quo, who are now near hysterical about the fact that Donald Trump is leading in every credible poll, both in the swing states and nationally, uh, and they fear the specter of his return. Uh, therefore, they now move to uh, extreme Alinskyism. Oh, my God, if Trump is elected, he's going to prosecute his political enemies. Uh, he's going to use law enforcement in the army to, to shut down protests. Uh, does any of this sound familiar to you? I mean, they are saying that Trump is going to do exactly what they are doing today. So uh, in a perfect world, you're right. The evidence is piling up both on January 6th uh, and on the results of the elections. Uh, and any reasonable person would think, well, Trump will be able to use that information in his trials. Remains to be seen. Uh, what happens is the government makes a motion of eliminating. In other words, they make a motion to the judge saying Trump should not be allowed to raise X in his defense. And if the judge rules that that is the case, then he's prohibited. Uh, as you, you've already seen this in the D.C. case. Trump uh, asked for in discovery records of any government agent, uh, foreign or domestic, uh, that was involved in the January 6th uh, uh, riot at the, on the Hill, uh, and it was denied. Denied. Uh, extraordinary. But just the beginning. Yeah. You're going to see a chain of these, I suspect. I want to I want to shift away from J6 for just a sec and, and, and focus in on the Letitia James case, because this has been one. I think they're all fraudulent. They're all bogus. They're all obviously a witch hunt. Everything that Trump has said they are, they are. But Letitia James, this is absolutely outrageous. You would think that Donald Trump blew up his real estimated net worth in order to con banks. And that's what that's the way the media is selling this. Oh, he, he exaggerated his uh, his earnings. He exaggerated how much he was worth. And then, of course, they put this ridiculous number of 18 million on Mar-a-Lago, which is laughable on its face. But they, they're trying to convince the American people that the banks would go, oh, you say you're worth this much money? Okay, well, that's all the investigation we're going to do. The banks don't take somebody's word for it. They say, well, okay. And then they have their own people look at this. So who did he hurt is what I'm trying to say uh, yeah. th that Letitia James is trying to make this claim. It just seems so bogus on its face. Well, first of all, no one has ever been prosecuted under this law in the history of it being on its on the books. There is no victim. Everybody got paid and they got paid extremely well. And you're absolutely right. Banks don't just take the word of the borrower. Uh, they do their own appraisal. They have their own legal advice uh, and they decide whether the underlying assets are equal to the amount that's being borrowed essentially as collateral. So this is the normal way the real estate business uh, works in New York. Uh, and this case is a, it's a, it's a fabrication. It's a, it's a reach to say the least, but you have a highly partisan judge. Uh, God bless Laura Loomer who exposed the judge's wife uh, constantly posting online, vicious anti-Trump memes uh, and messages. 
just demonstrate another demonstration of the of the the uh, bias of this judge. Uh, in the other case, the other New York case, uh, the so-called hush money case, uh, which is really a, a business documents case, should be a civil case, uh, but it's not. It's a criminal case. The judge actually gave a contribution to Joe Biden's presidential campaign. To me, uh, it doesn't matter how much it was. I think it was $15, but it doesn't matter how much it was. First of all, it's a violation of the canon of ethics. He's not supposed to do any political contributions. And secondarily, it totally exposes the judge's bias. Trump's lawyers move for the judge to recuse himself, and he refuses. Uh, it, it just, I think it, it, uh, anyone who looks at these cases can see this is, this is lawfare uh, writ large. Uh, and the, uh, the net purpose is election interference. Yeah. The process it, is the it, punishment. Exactly right. Particularly since, uh, given the failure of the Biden administration policies, whether it's inflation or whether it's uh, gasoline prices or whether it's food scarcity uh, or whether it's shipping billions to Ukraine or whether it is funding both sides uh, of the war in the Middle East. The, the people are fed up with uh, these failed policies. Uh, our country is being stormed with literally now 10 million illegals, including terrorists, including criminals. Uh, it's being flooded with fentanyl. Uh, the people are ready for a change. Uh, those in the Uniparty know this. They know that Donald Trump represents the change. He is the change agent. Plus, in this case, people can look back at the Trump years where you had incredible peace and prosperity uh, and realize that that is the alternative to the chaos that we have today. Uh, and that is why the left is increasingly hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the fear is very real. There's no doubt about that, Roger. And I mean, you can see it. And you mentioned the Uniparty, and that's a great point. The Uniparty, and we know, uh, you know, several members of "quote unquote" Republican Uniparty members that are more than happy to turn a blind eye to this lawfare that's being waged against former President Trump. It's uh, it's absolutely absurd. I thank you. Uh, we thank you for once again joining us today on State of the Nation. We look forward to chatting with you again. And here's hoping that uh, going forward, uh, common sense will prevail. But I doubt it's going to prevail in the courtrooms of D.C., New York or Fulton County, Georgia, Atlanta. But Roger, God bless, man. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us today on State of the Nation.